You're listening to a message from Grace Church of North Brunswick, where people are empowered, impacted, and enriched through the good news of the gospel. To learn more about Grace Church, visit our website at gracechurchnv.com. And now we hope that you enjoy this message. Hallelujah. Good morning, everyone. Especially first-time visitors. I'm usually the one welcoming you, so uh, I don't know who you are, but I'm glad you're here. And my only question is, where you been? Um, praise God. How's everybody doing today? We, we had a summer of nothing but perfect weather. And as soon as it hit fall, it started acting like fall out there. It's amazing. But we had some great summer, didn't we? Dean, you had to wear the Redskins jersey and just ruin my day. <laughs> I love you, brother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I uh, just want to welcome everybody here today. It is uh, Rosh Hashanah for all you Jews out there. Any, anybody? <laughs> Praise God. But it is Rosh Hashanah, which means the new year on the Jewish calendar. Uh, and that's what the Jews say, but... In all honesty, that's not really from the scriptures. Um, but we recognize it. And the word to say is Shana Tava. Everybody say Shana Tava. My wife was uh, texting somebody last night and she has bitmojis. Anybody here? You got a bitmoji? Does it look anything like you? Yeah, everybody makes their bitmoji look like 20 years younger. It's like, I got somebody's bitmoji. I'm like, isn't he bald? Why does he have so much hair? But they got these bitmojis, right? And so her, she was talking to, to uh, some people that are going to blow the shofar today. And up pops her, a picture of her saying Shana Tava with a shofar in her hand. I'm like, God, the technology these days is amazing. Uh, it's, it's just too much. But um, really in the book of Leviticus is where we really see what today really, really is. Today really is Yom Teruah, or the Feast of Trumpets. How many of you ever heard that term, Feast of Trumpets? Or Yom Teruah, wherever you see the word Yom, that means day. And how many of you know what happens 10 days from today? Yes, another good Jew here. Yom Kippur, Day of Atonement. And today starts that 10-day of reflection, of repentance, the days of awe, they're called. The highest and holy days starts today. Today is the day. And it was funny, we were visiting my daughter in Gordon College yesterday, and this speaker was there, and people were lining up from all over to hear this professor speak. He was 80 years old. Great speaker. And all he was talking about was the unity between the Jews and the church. And I went up at the end of the lecture and said, I'm a Jewish pastor. I'm doing what you're talking about already. We've been doing it for a while, and he was so excited about that because there is a reconnection going on. But everything in the Old Testament, it says in the New Testament, everything there is a shadow of things to come. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that we have to celebrate the feasts, but we should recognize them for what they are. They are a shadow of what God is doing now, and they give us insight into the end times, into God's blessings, all these different things. How many of you know the Old Testament is awesome? Amen? So anyway, today is the Feast of Trumpets. It's Yom Teruah. And as you see here, the Lord really tells us a lot about it. 
speak to the children of Israel in the seventh month of the first day to have a Sabbath rest and a memorial of blowing trumpets, and that's it. That's it. He doesn't say anything more about it. The Feast of Trumpets. It's kind of like a mystery. How many of you are married? How many of you are living a mystery? <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? It's a great mystery, though, isn't it? And in the same way, you'll never know everything about your wife. Somebody say amen. amen. That's why you love us so much. Because if you knew everything, it would get born real quick. And it's the same thing with God. That's why you can have a thousand different sermons from the same scripture. Because, oh, the depths of the riches of the wisdom of God, how unsearchable are his ways. He always woos you. He always brings you into his mystery. So why? So you will pursue him and learn more and more about him. In the same way, even though I've been married for 28 years, I feel like I'm still pursuing you. As a matter of sometimes I feel like I'm chasing you around the house. But that's a whole nother sermon for a whole nother day. Um, <laughs> we do know this, that Yom Teruah, <laughs> the day of the Feast of Trumpets that in the synagogue, some of you are still laughing, I don't know why. <laughs> They're like, my husband never catches me. It's like uh, the blowing of the shofar. There are four blasts from the shofar that happen on Feast of Trumpets. And each one has different meanings. And everybody interprets it differently. I'll share one interpretation with it you to, one interpretation of it with you today from my own study, because I've been preaching about this for years. But the first one, and we have Sandy Finlay, who is going to blow the shofar for us today. Let's give her a hand. Come on up, Sandy. Listen to me. In the past, before the Finlays were here, we would get this big, huge guy up here with his huge shofar, and he would go like this. And you hear a little squeak, okay? So here we have petite Sandy Finlay with this tiny little shofar. But she's filled with the Holy Spirit. And when she blows that show, the first time, we were like, what? <laughs> it was so anointed. It was so powerful. But she, the first blast of the shofar that happens on the Feast of Trumpets is called Tekiah. Everybody say Tekiah. Now, remember in 2 Chronicles when Jehoshaphat was fighting the million men, he was surrounded by enemy armies, and they sent out the worship team? And they went out with their trumpets. You know what the valley, the name of the valley they went into was? The Valley of Tekiah. That's another teaching for another day. But Tekiah means, the first one means a single blast from the shofar. Let's, wait, let's give her a hand first. Let's encourage her. Okay, we're going to do a single blast from the shofar now. Yeah! You think that's easy? We're going to have the church so far here today, and anybody that wants to come up and try later on, you're welcome. But only some people can do that little woo-woo. It's an art. That's, a real, that's really the way it's supposed to sound. So the first one is the tekiah, and that is to announce the presence of God. 
And today we're talking about and we're going to experience and we're going to be changed by the presence of God. Now we have this awesome Emerge group. They are the ones that are above 18 but below 30-something, <laughs> pastored by these awesome, this awesome couple over here, who, by the way, after this service, you'll get to talk to them. And if you want to be a monthly partner with them, Believe me, it's a good ground to sow seed into. We as a church support them already. They need a little more support to send them to England. We've been blocking them for a while because we don't want them to go, but now we're going to release them. But, um, <laughs> you know, our youth group and our merge group, they're doing really well. And you know what? That's the heartbeat of the church. But You hear that? That's the youth group. This is the Emerge group. Okay? Because when, when that group in your church is on fire, the old people have nothing to do but flame. You know, I talk to many other pastors, different ministries, and People have come here and spoken, and the, the number one thing they say is, man, you got young people that are on fire for the Lord. Because there's a lot of churches that are flaming out, people, because the young people aren't rising up. You hear me, youth? You hear me, emerge people? Come on now! I told, I told them after the first service, I said, you better start using some of that energy you got. I better not be the most excited person in this congregation today. <laughs> but the first blast is about ushering in God's presence. Remember when they brought the ark back, when David brought the ark back. Remember he was dancing? They were blowing the shofars like crazy to announce the king. Because remember when they would carry the ark? They would carry the poles. The ark would be on the poles. And it would, looks like a throne. It is a throne. It's God's throne. He wasn't there. You couldn't see him, but his spirit was there. So they were ushering in the king. And when you usher in the presence of God, you blow that shofar. Boo! You're announcing the presence of the Lord. And I, the thing I love about the millennial movement in the church, and there is a movement and the thing they like to do, they like to soak in God's presence. They like to worship and just let the Holy Spirit move. They're all about God's presence. And that's a good thing. Because in some of the churches, they forgot God's supposed to be there. Amen. Or to be aware of his presence. That, that song that, that, that's written about Holy Spirit being aware of his presence. See, he is there, but sometimes we're not aware that he's there. And the shofar blast reminded them that God is there. Do you hear that? Psalm 89, 15. Blessed are the people who know that teruah. They know that sound. They walk in the light of God's presence. When you know the sound. See, when I hear the shofar, it doesn't sound like a horn that's not being blown right. I hear God. I hear him. I hear his voice. I hear his notes. And it's the same way with worship. 
How many of you know that music can change your mood in a second? How many of you that know that you don't even need words sometimes, just notes can touch your heart? I liken it to when someone plays, I used to say the G-string, I can't say that anymore. When somebody plays the, <laughs> I used to say when someone plays the G note on the keyboards, the G-string on the guitar, and I was like, wait a second, I got to change this. When somebody plays the C note on a keyboard, a guitar on the other side of the room, the C string will vibrate. Why? Because there's a sound wave. You don't see it, but it's there. Don't you know that there are sound waves that affect you? Don't you know that God's sound affects your heart? Because his sound is the sound of the spirit, and you have the spirit living inside you, so when you hear the spirit, it's a joyful noise to you, and you walk in the light of his presence. Amen. Amen. Now, <laughs> who can walk in his presence? Only those that have put their faith in Jesus Christ can be in his presence. What happened to Adam and Eve after they fell? It says they heard the sound which is the Hebrew word kol, which is the same word that sounds from the shofar. It says, when they heard the sound of God, his voice walking in the cool of the day, in the Garden of Eden, they hid from him. That sound can either be something that brings joy to you or something that makes you hide. For those that don't know Jesus, when that last trump sounds, it's not going to be a joyful noise. Somebody say amen. <laughs> that song is either joy or judgment. That voice, that sound is either joy or judgment for some people. See, God calls us to repent. And that's the next blowing of the shofar. It's called the shivering. Sandy, we need you again. Now, it's interesting, the Shevarim is three short blasts, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. <laughs> but we're going to hear that right now. That's it. That's it. It's that simple. It's that simple. And it's as simple as what that stands for. It reminds us that Jesus died for our sins, if we repent and accept that sacrifice, we will be saved and we will be able to be in the presence of the Lord. In the Psalms, it talks about who can, enter, uh, who can climb the mount of God and be in his presence, only someone with a pure heart. None of our hearts are pure, but there was a guy with a pure heart. His name was Jesus Christ, and he died on the cross, and he tore the veil, and he made a way for us to be in the presence of God, to be in the light of his presence. But I want you to see something about, now everybody, this is a shofar, okay? I got a big shofar, okay? All right? I can't make any noise, so it's really difficult. <laughs> you have to be anointed to do that. But this is a ram's horn. This is a ram's horn. And the first time you see a ram's horn in the Bible is on Mount Moriah from Genesis chapter 22. When God told Abraham to take his son, his only son. How many of you have an only son? Mm. How many of you take him up to a mountain and crucify him? Don't answer that question. 
<laughs> but but Abraham, he, Abraham waited 100 years for this son, okay? The promised son. And God said, bring him up to a mountain. And you're going to sacrifice him. But on the way up, Abraham said, God will provide something. They get up to the mountain. He puts, asks Isaac to lay down. I can't even imagine doing this to my son. And then Abraham goes to take a knife to literally kill his own son on an altar. And thank God an angel comes and says, Abraham, put the knife down. Because it was never about Abraham sacrificing his son. It was about would he be willing to. Because God wants to show us that he was willing and he actually did sacrifice his son. Because the sacrifice of Isaac would have never remitted all of the sins of the world. But the sacrifice on Jesus on the mountain did. So what happens? After Abraham gets the reprieve, thank God, <laughs> Abraham lifts his eyes. Whenever God tells you to look your eyes, to lift your eyes, he wants to show you something better. Whenever he says lift your eyes, he wants to show you something better. So he looks, and there's a ram caught in the thicket by what? Its horns. This is just a representation of Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for our sins, and we can be in his presence. Amen? Next, the next blowing of the shofar, we have our wonderful Sandy again. Super Sandy. Now, this one is nine. Everybody say nine. Because <laughs> the gentleman who did the first service did 13. But we're not. It's all right. But this is nine chevrolet short. Bless. Nine short. Now, some of the rabbis say that was when Israel was in the camp, and it was like, okay, time to break down the camp. Break it down. Break it down. Because we're moving. But I'm going to show you some more about the nine blasts right now. You ready to do that? Hopefully. <laughs> Can she do it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was <wasn't> it. <laughs> <laughs> That's three. I'm waiting for six more. <laughs> All right, praise God. Nine short blasts. Now, that was either to wake up the camp that we're going to move, that God's about to do something, or it was an alarm that they're under attack. Basically, what it was was a wake-up call. I want to show you in 1 Corinthians 15. The next time we hear the shofar... I tell you a mystery, and I'm not, I'm not talking about a shofar that we're going to blow. We shall not all sleep, but we'll all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of the eye at the last trumpet. For that trumpet, that shofar will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we will be changed. We're going to hear the shofar when Jesus comes back. And don't you want to know that sound? Because some people are going to hear that sound and think we're being attacked by aliens. 
Oh, it's true. Some people will hear that sound and have no idea what that sound is. But those that know the joyful sound will walk in the presence of the Lord. Let's look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. For this I say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself, let me say that again. The Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the shofar of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first, and he, we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another. Comfort one another in this. One day there's going to be a great shofar sound, and that's going to be when we get called out of here. Amen? There is nothing you can say that's more comforting to another Christian that we know how it ends. No matter what you're going through. The Emerge team was singing about that a lot. No matter what you're going through, he's faithful, and in the end, we win. Amen? In Matthew 24, 31, Jesus said this. And he will send his angels. This is one of my favorite scriptures. He's going to send his angels with a great sound of the shofar. The great sound. And they will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to another. There's coming a time when that trumpet sounds and the angels, God's angels, will go to all the four corners of the earth and take his people, his church, don't you want to be in that number? Yeah. It's coming, everybody. Yep. And those nine blasts, dun, 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 is a reminder to stay on your toes, to understand the times we're living in, to realize one day you'll hear that great trumpet. You know what would be cool? If, like, your teens are asleep and they've been bothering you lately, go in their room with a trumpet. <laughs> Say, hey, listen to Pastor Joe's message from last week. And then when they're not looking, bah, bah, da, da, then have an angel hologram in there and have the angel leave and leave your clothes on the bed. With nobody, you know what I'm saying? That would be cool. We got to make that video. That would be awesome. Your team would be like, where are we going to church, mommy? <laughs> They will gather the elect from the four winds when that trumpet sounds. Right now, we're going to stop right now, and we're going to pray. There was a, a man here in the first service that couldn't hear the sound. He gave his heart to the Lord here this morning. He walked up here, and he cried, and he hugged me, and he cried on my shoulders. A grown man gave his heart to the Lord, Amen. and guess what? He can hear the sound now. There might be somebody here that can't hear the sound. And what does that mean? That means you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus. That his dying on the cross and the shedding of blood, you've never said, you know what? I need that sacrifice in my life. Because God raised him up three days later. And all of us that have put our faith and trust in him, all of us who have looked up to him, will be those that are gathered together from the full winds. I remember I wasn't saved when I read this scripture, and I said, when that trumpet sounds and those angels come, I want to be there. Yes, yes. And I gave my heart to the Lord. 
So would you bow your heads with me? You don't have to touch the lights or anything. It's all right. Just, just bow your heads with me for a second. Let's make sure that everyone here has put their faith and trust in Jesus because that trumpet could sound at any moment. It said in a twinkling of an eye. Did you ever see somebody's eye twinkle at you? Every time I look at my wife, her eye twinkles at me. I don't know why. But it's like in an instant, in a twinkling of an eye, this is going to happen. And Jesus said it'll be like a thief in the night. You won't expect it. But I want to be one of those that spends eternity in heaven. I want to make sure that you are one of those. And how do you do that? It's by a prayer. Because the sound that comes from your mouth, when it's God's word, is the most powerful sound on earth. will change your life. So as everyone's eyes are closed, head is bowed, just say this prayer with me. Say, Father, I know Jesus is your son. I know he died on the cross for my sins. Three days later, you raised him from the dead. Holy Spirit, come into my heart. Make me brand new. I pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody keep your eyes closed, your head bowed just for a second. If you said that prayer for the first time. You want to make sure that when Jesus comes back for us, when the trumpet sounds, that you will spend eternity in heaven. There's no one looking. If you said that for the first time and you meant it, you want to put your faith and trust in Jesus. Raise your hand right now. Raise your hand high. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm looking around. If someone raised their hand, I can't see. You got to put it up higher. There you go. Is there anybody else? Okay. There they are. Okay, those of you that raise your hand, stand up real quick. Come on, don't be shy. Don't be shy. Come on. You can do it. You can do it. Come on, stand up. You can do it. Stand up. Come on. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Don't be shy. Somebody help her. Come on now. Here, face me. Come on. Come on. Come on, stay right here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on now. Stand to your feet, everybody. Come on. What? 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 Listen. If they didn't stand, it doesn't matter. The angels in heaven actually rejoice when someone gives their heart to the Lord. Don't, we don't want to take them away right now. We're going to do something a little different today. We're going to do something. You guys just stay right there, you ladies. Don't worry, nobody's looking at you. Don't worry, don't even worry. Before we get to the fourth and final blast, actually, hon, just let them sit right there in our seats in the front there, okay? Everybody can sit down for a second. All right, before we get to the final blast of the shofar, which is called the t Tekiah HaGadal. Does anybody know what the word Gadal means in Hebrew? It means big. It means mega. In other words, the last blast done in the Feast of Trumpets is the blast that you do with all that you have and all that you are. But before we get to that, I want to share something with you. Who is the first person person to ever blow a sharp a shofar in the word anybody God. 
You're not supposed to answer, hon. <laughs> she just wants to be first and right. So competitive. Put your hand down. Jeez. <laughs> Exodus chapter 19. On Shavuot. Does anybody know what Shavuot is? It's the same as Pentecost. Do you know what Pentecost is? It's when God poured out his Holy Spirit on people. He poured out his breath on the world. So it came to pass the third day in the morning of Shavuot. There were thunders, lightnings, and a thick cloud upon the mount. And the voice of the trumpet? Yeah, the voice, the coal. That's the Hebrew word for voice. The Hebrew word for the sound God made in the Garden of Eden. The coal of the shofar exceedingly loud, so all the people in the camp trembled. And Moses brought forth the people out of the camp to meet God, and they stood at the center part of the mountain. See, God had said, Moses, they can come to the mountain, but not too close. Because they couldn't be in God's presence. Because what would happen if they were in God's presence? They would die. Why? Because God is perfect, and we are not. But through Jesus Christ, who was perfect, he made the imperfect perfect in God's sight. So, so Mount Sinai was altogether in smoke because the Lord descended on a fire and the smoke ascended, the smoke of the furnace, the whole mountain quaked greatly, and the voice of the trumpet sounded, the coal of the trumpet sounded long, and it waxed louder and louder. So the first one to blow the shofar was God himself. And how do we know that? Because the trumpet waxed what? Louder and louder and louder and louder. See, when a person blows the shofar, our breath runs out. It's never going to continuously be louder. But God's breath, now that's a whole nother story. And you know what? When you run out of breath, God will breathe for you. When you've lost your breath in a panic attack, let him breathe for you. Let's look at Zechariah chapter 9. I'm getting to something real quick here. And the Lord shall be seen over them, and his arrow shall go forth as lightning. And the who? The Lord God shall who? The Lord God shall what? The Lord God shall blow the trumpet. See, God blows the shofar. God himself. Look at Revelation 1, 10. This is John. This is what John said. He said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice that sounded like a trumpet. See, God's voice is the voice of the shofar. God's voice sounds like a trumpet. And when you hear that trumpet, it'll bring joy to you if you know God. Amen? Amen? With a loud voice. And then look at Revelation 4. It says, after these things I look. And, and before we get there, in Revelation 1, it says, I was in the spirit. If you really want to hear God's voice, you got to be in the spirit. Amen? Amen? How many of you know you got a quiet time, you're just in the spirit, you're saying or worshiping or you're praying, and you're really filled with the spirit? Those are the times when you really can hear and distinguish God's voice in your life. We are in the spirit on the Lord's day. So if we were in the spirit on the Lord's day, what day would that be that we're in the spirit? That would be today, that would be now. Now let's go to Revelation 4. 
He said, after these things, I looked, behold, the door sitting open in heaven, and the first voice that I heard was like a trumpet. I can't. You just can't. It's just amazing. Like John is saying, God's voice is like a trumpet. It's like a shofar. He's going to descend with the voice of the shofar. He speaks to us with the voice of the shofar. I believe in the Garden of Eden. He sounded like a shofar. That's his voice. That's his voice. See, when I hear the shofar, I don't hear a horn that's out of tune. I hear my father who is in heaven speaking to me. I take it literally that when that shofar is blown, and every Jew worth his Jewishness would do the same. It's a voice. It's a pronouncement. It's a speaking to. It ushers in his presence. In the same way, we now, today, in the church, we have the voice of the worship team. You see, each one of them is like a ram's horn. When they take the ram's horn, they have to clean it up and take everything inside of it, out of it, and, and make it a vessel for use. And God has cleaned us up, and we are emptied of ourselves, and then God can use us. You know when I'm the best preaching that I can preach? It's when I'm an empty horn. Listen, listen to this. The blowing of the shofar is called teruah, the blowing. You know what the word for the Holy Spirit is in Hebrew? Baruch Ruach. 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 It's a finishing of the word for breath. It's a holy breath. Remember God breathed his spirit into Adam. Remember Jesus in John chapter 20, it says, I breathe my Holy Spirit on you. So look at this. When God plays the shofar, his breath, his Holy Spirit, going through a vessel of use. It's like when the worship team is singing. They've emptied themselves and allowed God to minister through them. Like a shofar. That's why during worship, God will speak to you. Amen? Has God ever spoke to you during worship? Have you ever heard his voice? And they knew what we were talking about today, that there would be a time where we would come before the Lord and that they would minister like living shofars <laughs> to us. This message might be a little deep for some of you, but I know every one of you can understand that in sound, in breath, there is power. And I will say to you what we're going to do for the next five to ten minutes I don't do this all the time. If you're visiting, this is a very different service, but this is a very different day, and this is a powerful day. How many of you here need to hear from God on something, some kind of decision? You know what the best way to hear from God is? I'm going to tell you what. The, I got some advice for you. Listen. It's a real simple advice. Listen. And the only way you'll listen is if you're quiet. Take it from me. God has to wake me 
up at 3 in the morning to calm me down, so I'll listen to him. But I heard him this morning during this time of just getting into his presence and allowing these young people, they do this all the time. My son said, well, you need Pastor Terrence and Anna because they do this all the time. It's called soaking in God's presence. We were at a conference last week, and for about seven minutes, there was just a time of silence, and music was played over us, and we heard from God for the first time in a long time. I did, because I stopped for a moment. If you need to hear from God, and you really, there's something really, you know, you're desperate to hear from, you're, you're more than welcome to come up to the front here right now. I said, you're more than welcome to come up to the front here if you want, just hear from God. You can go on this altar. You can sit down there. You can do whatever you want to do. But if you really need to hear from, some of you really, you're, you're like, and listen, if you don't come up, it's okay. It doesn't mean. What I'm saying is some people, like, they're desperate to hear from God right now. Like, you need to hear about your healing. You need to hear about your job. So as we, and here's what we're going to do, everybody. And if you stay there in your seat, you're fine. Don't worry. But we have to be quiet. Everybody here, out of respect for the person around you, don't sing. Don't dance. Just listen. Just listen. And God will speak to you. And then we're going to finish this service. But I want you to hear. Listen, you've heard enough from me. And most of it was God. But some of you need to hear from God. So this is your opportunity. You can, listen, you can sit here, right here. You can sit here. You can lean on this. Whatever you got to do. Don't, don't feel like, listen, don't worry about who's watching you. Get comfortable and just listen. Because this Emerge group, they prepared for this. They're just going to move in the Holy Spirit. They're going to be like the shofar. They're going to let God breathe on his people. Amen. So just for a moment.
You 